Welcome to the 30 and Nerdy Podcast, brought to you by Advertising Expressions, Creative Theater, Akita Express, and Encore Theatrical Company. Visit us online at 30andnerdypodcast.com. Drop us an email at 30andnerdypod at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Become a patron of the show at patreon.com forward slash 30 nerdy podcast thanks for tuning in hope you enjoy the show and now sit back relax and get ready to nerd out with your hosts josh davis and tyler mcdaniel What's up, nerds and nerdettes? This is the podcast where everyone knows your name. Cheers, Cheers to you. to you. I'm Josh. And I'm Tyler, and this is 30 and Nerdy, and we are coming at you live from the Fortress of Nerditude with yours truly, the registered nerd practitioner, the founder of Nerdlich himself, the Mac. And always great to be joined by my co-host, the juicy one, the nerdtorious JLD, the PhD of nerdology, Dr. Davis himself. Yo. For those of you listening again, thank you so much for all the subscriptions, the likes, the shares, the questions, the suggestions, all of it. And if you're listening for the first time, subscribe to us. You can catch us on <coughs> Apple, uh, Google Play, Stitcher, uh, anywhere basically you can listen to a podcast. Some places I've never even heard of before. I know, like Pocket Cast, Overcast. I had never heard of them until we started doing this. Who knew? So, uh, and if there's a place that you listen to a podcast that you have found that we're not on, please let us know. We will make sure that gets done because we want to take over the world. I mean, we we want to be heard no. by everyone, you know? Uh, so, But again, thanks to all of our Patreon sub- supporters, too, uh, sending out some more behind-the-scenes footage this week coming up. So if you're not a supporter on Patreon, even at the $5 level, you're going to get behind-the-scenes footage. So, Dr. Davis, how you been, man? Hey, great, man. It's It's been a wonderful day in the neighborhood. Um, I had open house at school tonight, so parents and kiddos come in after school and tour the the building and everything and got to say hello to some of them and Mm -hmm. it's really about it i've not had much going on other than school and stuff but you you know nice little segue into last week's episode last week we talked about theater and all Mm -hmm. that stuff you had a little show this past week i did uh we were invited uh by CreepyCon in knoxville to do a show and the show that was chosen was clive barker's history of the devil now clive barker normally writes horror screenplays and this one was written pretty screenplay-like. It was very jumpy, not very stage-friendly at times. Uh, you could tell he writes for movies. Um, it, was, it went really well. We did one act uh, on Saturday and one act on Sunday. The only complaint I can have is uh, doing it at 
a con where you're not in a separate like ballroom mm-hmm. or stage room or anything mm-hmm. like that. You're at the con in a corner, and like we we had mics like parabolic mics surrounding the stage. So when we were being heard throughout the con, everyone else would turn up whatever they're doing. So it was like this back and forth between theater, death metal music, or this creepy circus thing that was going on that I stayed far away from. And let me tell you, there were far too many clowns at this place for my liking. Way too many. Like at one point when we were entering on Saturday... Me and Madison were about to walk up the steps, and there was probably two or three very scary clowns. And I'm I'm not I'm talking these things were like out of your worst nightmare, coming down the steps, and I just paused, and just kind of looked down at the ground for five minutes while they were coming towards us, and I was like I just had to know they weren't coming for me. And Madison was so proud to be seen with you <laughs> yeah, in that moment. She was like, why are we not walking up the steps? I was just like, subconsciously, I was like, I just, I had to know they weren't coming for me personally, that they were just going to their cars. Um, but it was Their clown fun. cars? The clown cars, yes. Um, it was fun, though. It was a cool experience. Um, something I never thought I'd be able to do. Uh, I did meet some pretty interesting people there. I met... Um, the grandfather character from Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the movies. Mm-hmm. Um, and I met, what was his name? W.F. Bell? Yeah, W.F. Bell from The Walking Dead. Uh, he, who's also in Realm Zombie movie 31, I believe. And in The Walking Dead, he started out as one of Negan's saviors. Uh, he was kidnapped or captured after they lost the battle, and he wound up helping around Hilltop. He's still in it. Um, and... Got to talk to him a little bit. Um, he said that his favorite person to work with is Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty cool. Uh, and he just said that apparently we should tune back in. Tune the show. back in, and some pretty exciting things are happening soon. So I'll take his word for it. I feel like as a cast member, he has to say that. But yeah, he's probably uh, a little biased. I wasn't about to say like, "Well, man, I'm telling you, it just started sucking <laughs> like a few years." I ago. mean, no offense to this guy, I'm sure he's great, but I wouldn't know him if yeah. I walked right by him yeah. because I just have not watched the show yeah. in like a exactly. year or two. I mean, probably. Go, I went back yesterday and uh, saw him in a couple episodes, and I was like, "Okay, so that's who he is." Uh, he's Loved by the camera, because he's a big, burly, bearded man, yeah. and he looked like a savior when they showed up, so he's a nice guy, though. Very cool. Very nice guy. So, uh, we did have a whole episode on theater last week, and we sort of decided by the end of it that there's more to tell. Mm-hmm. So, one day in the future, who knows when, we'll have a Act 2. Act 2. Because... Something that I really was looking forward to talking about was like our greatest mess ups on stage. Oh yeah. I don't know about you, but I've had some doozies. Oh yeah, I have. I've to. had some really uh, memorable. That's what I love about live theater, though. <clears throat> I don't love it too much at the time <laughs> when it happens, but afterward, yeah, it's great to talk about. So yeah, there will be an act two. Just look at this as a very long intermission. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we also did release a little special thing on Friday where mm-hmm. uh, I interviewed Billy Jarvis from uh, Donate Life Tennessee. Uh, people, if you have not purchased your your shirt for your uh, uh, our our Tennessee uh, Donate Life uh, charity that we're doing, yes, 
Um, you have four days. You have until Saturday, guys. Uh, that's it, and it, that's the cutoff. Um, and this is a great cause, and, and we want to uh, raise as much as we can. We, we want to give back and, and try to do a good thing here. So and If you don't want a shirt or if you, you can't do $20, email us and we'll send you the link. You can do $5, $10 to Donate Life straight to them. Gosh, anything. Um, so anything helps. Uh, we just want to help other people with stories like Peyton. Yeah. Um, and this gives us an opportunity. Uh, but this week, we are continuing our journey to Mount Doom with uh, Nerd of the Rings, the two nerds, I'm going to call it, because, well, there's two of us, we're <laughs> nerds, and it's the two towers. So Lord of the Rings to the two towers, we're going to be talking about that. Um, and, and I'll again, anytime we talk the rings, I love talking Lord of the Rings with you. This is going to be very exciting. Uh, and we will uh, continue along with the show after a word from our sponsor. Thanks, Josh and Tyler. Hi, everyone. I'm Sawyer Stacy, and I'm playing the role of Alex the Lion in Encore Theatrical Company's upcoming production of Madagascar Jr. This is an exciting show full of fun, laughs, and music that will make you want to move it, move it. The show runs from September 6th through the 15th at the Inman Humanities Theater at Walter State Community College in Morristown, Tennessee. You can get your tickets by calling 423-318-8331 or by visiting Encore's website at etcplays.org. Don't miss out on the fun. We hope to see you at the theater. But until then, relax, be cool, and chill out. I love that kid. I do too. That's, Sawyer's great. Sawyer's like my prodigy. Yeah. Uh, Absolutely. Like to, like to take a little bit of credit for him. Oh, yeah. uh, his he was one of those kids who you know he tried all these different things and he you know never found anything that just really fit him mm -hmm. you know and his mom knew that I was involved with um, Encore and she uh, I used to work with her and she came to me and she started asking me about Encore and about theater and I was about to direct Susical Junior. Mm -hmm. She said I think I think we want to try to audition. What should we do? So I you know try to help her prepare him. And he showed up, man, and he just blew us away. First time he'd ever done anything like that. He was uh, JoJo, like the little kid and Suzical. Yeah. Uh, and, like, he spent a day or two where he was a little timid and a little unsure, and then he just opened up, and there was Sawyer, you know. And now he's had all these lead roles. He's, he's super, super talented, and I'm just really proud of him. Very and, talented and, kid. You know, he should be. He's you know, doing this big role in Madagascar. Can't wait to see it. Absolutely. And all, all of you out there, make sure you catch Madagascar Jr. Mm -hmm. Well, with sad. that being said, now that I've bragged on my, my guy there, it's time, I think, for you to talk nerdy to me. Absolutely. Uh, you know, I had originally had a different word planned, but with this past week, I created a whole new word. It's called Nerdmageddon. <laughs> oh, I know exactly where this is going. And it is when a nerd truly believes it is the end of all things. <clears throat> Example. Nerdmageddon struck this week when news broke of Spider-Man being pulled from the MCU. It and it was. Mean. It was. It was. I had not seen the nerds erupt online like they did this past week. It's been a while since I've seen them erupt like that. We will get to that. You 
I know you're dying. This is this is gonna be a tough one for me. Oh, I know, I know. All right, but since my uh, my little segment's done, how about we get to your favorite segment? Oh, I love it. It's time for what, what you're watching? watching, JD. What are you watching? Well, I think we're watching the same thing, my yep. friend. Uh, in honor of our upcoming episode next week. We are going to be watching the Umbrella Academy. We yes. keep wanting to call it the Umbrella Chronicles, Chronicles and Company, Company. <laughs> and all this stuff. But the Umbrella Academy, uh, we're going to do an episode on that next week. Neither of us have seen the entire no, we show yet. Like, yeah. I'll like, get three or four in and go, uh, yeah, I'll get to it, then something new comes well, up. Well, you've gone a lot farther than me. Um, I hadn't even finished... Well, I had finished just the first episode, and it was one of those shows I was like, yeah, it's really good, I'm really interested, I- I'll save this and-, and I'll watch it later, like, I'll come back to this, and I just never did. Yeah. Um, but I did start it again, uh, I love it, and I think... Yeah, it's a great show. I think it's going to be one of those that we really like it. This is, if you don't know anything about it, it's it's one of these shows that definitely fits into that superhero genre, mm-hmm. like so many things now, mm-hmm. um, uh, about these kids who were sort of born unexpectedly... And uh, this very wealthy man uh, decided to adopt some of these kids who were born unexpectedly. He got mm-hmm. seven out of how many were there? Like thirty something that were born this way. Uh, mysterious okay. births. Oh, and nineteen eighty nine. Like he, we could have been one of those kids. Oh, we were so close. Mm. Um. So he adopts them and raises them, and they all have unique abilities. Yes. And we'll just leave it at that yeah. because we're going to talk Adapted more about by it next week. The lead singer of uh, My Chemical, My Chemical Romance. Romance. Yes. Yes. And it's really interesting stuff, but we will talk more about that next week. Um, and I'm not just watching that. I have started a new podcast series, uh, and it was it kept popping up in my recommended, because uh, I listened to some other nerdy stuff, and it's uh, Marvel's Wolverine. Now, you know, I'm a huge Wolverine fan. Um and it's it's kind of like Orson Welles' old history, like a um, radio radio um, things. You know that when Orson Welles scared the entire world doing uh, War of the Worlds, like it was really happening. He did it live from the radio, and he had it set up to where it was like it was really happening. Isn't that H.G. Back- Wells? H.G. Wells? No, Orson. I Wells thought H.G. Wells the radio. was the one that did that, or is that the Time Machine? That's the Time Machine. Yeah, you're right. Orson Welles did this radio broadcast back when all we had was radio. Of the world, uh, War yeah, of the like Worlds. We were literally being attacked by aliens, yeah. and there were so many yeah. people across the country just like, we're really dying! Yeah. We're, people are dying out there. Um, and it, it's it's like that. It's got you know the sound effects, the surround sound feel, like you're there, and it's telling this story of Wolverine. In <laughs> um, season one, I just finished season one today uh, of the podcast, and I really don't want to call it a podcast. It's like a comic. It's like a radiographic novel. Ooh. And it's just amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, your homeboy, uh, Armitage. Is Richard Armitage. Richard Armitage, who was Thor in Oak and Shield and mm-hmm. The Hobbit. He's voicing Wolverine. Mm-hmm. Um, and I kind of like what he's doing with it. At first, I didn't because he, he wasn't really adding too much of the, hey, gruff. He was just doing it kind of, you know, deeper than Thorn and a little gruffer than Thorn. But then I started to think, well, that's good, because it's something different. Not everybody should be Hugh Jackman. Well, yeah, exactly. So. Um, Hugh did it a little more normal than like the cartoon yellow spandex Wolverine mm-hmm. we're used to, but I really like it. I'm going to start season two 
probably on my way home from here. Um, I didn't even know that uh, this thing existed until Kevin Smith talked about it yeah. like a week or two ago. And your homeboy, Gambit's in season two. Nice. Yes, he, he's a character that pops up in oh, season yeah. two. I've added it to my uh, and, uh, podcast. They're working on season three as we speak. Oh, good. And and this could open the door for it's like bringing back the radio show. And if this were to open the door just for Marvel's X Men universe, imagine what Marvel could move forward, knowing that they love their universes <laughs> and establishing these big honking universes. Marvel could break into the pod novel world especially considering how big podcasts are yeah and it's i feel like it's growing like yeah. more and more people are more interested in podcasts so absolutely and good idea. it's really great when you check it out you're gonna have to text me about it because yeah. it's it's the storytelling and just i mean put headphones in and the episodes are only like 30 minutes or so yeah. a piece too so um yeah i'm, I'm looking you forward put to headphones it. in it's like you're walking through the woods with wolverine oh boy it's ridiculous um but yeah, I definitely, if you have not listened to it, I highly recommend this. But uh, what do you say? We move on to some news. Quite a bit of news to talk about this week. Uh, some very exciting, some not so much. What, do you want to talk about the good news first? Let's do the good news first. So uh, the D23 Expo happened uh, Very exciting. this past week. Lots of big announcements, mm-hmm. especially things regarding the Disney Plus streaming service. Yes. Did uh, you see the Mandalorian trailer? The Mandalorian trailer looks so good. Mm. I'm very, very excited about that. Um, and there were some other things uh, that were announced, too. Do you want to talk uh, about Yes, that? we had... Uh, well, I'm, I'm going to start with some excitement about the Phineas and Ferb movie. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know anything about Phineas and Ferb, um, but I know it's, it's a pretty popular. funny show. It's a pretty funny show. Um, so we got some announcements about some Marvel stuff that we thought we would get at SanCon, but they held out on us. Yeah. We thought, nah, but the nerds here, we knew there was more coming after San Diego Comic-Con. We knew that D23 would be huge. And guess what, kids? It was She-Hulk. Ooh. Mm-hmm. No one's ever really delved into that outside of comics. I think, was was there a cartoon at one point in time, like a long time ago? I can't I'm, remember. I might be making that up. I don't know. I feel like there was. I can't remember. But but I know outside of comics, it is, you do not see She-Hulk. Mm-mm. Um, Mm-mm. It'd be interesting to see what path they take. Because uh, what if they were to bring Liv Tyler back? Ooh, as that as his girlfriend. Mm. I don't. I gotta be honest. I don't know a whole lot about She Hulk. Oh, I don't either. I thought wasn't She Hulk his cousin? I have Bruce's no idea. Cousin Again, I have no idea. Yeah, we're gonna have to look. A some of the some of the nerds are gonna eat us alive for that. I'm sorry, I just don't know She Hulk. Yeah, Miss uh, uh, Marvel. Okay, uh, which I know that um, dear sweet little Kelly Kapoor from The Office. Is produce helping produce it? Okay, that makes actually. sense. Um, that character is uh, Indian. Yes. So okay, I don't know much about her. So I know very little about her. Her character is basically like she's like super fangirl of mm-hmm. the heroes, and yeah. then she gets to become one. Yeah, she has like stretchy uh, powers, like she can make big fists and That's stuff fantastic. like that. Sort of, but different. Okay, um, it'll be intriguing. Yeah, it will be. Um, and then, of course, real excitement, Moon Knight. Yeah. Marvel's Batman. 
The Moon Knight. Yeah. Him and his sleeping pills and his staff. <laughs> um, people were like a lot more excited about that than you might have expected. Like, lots well, think, of people. I think those Ultimate Alliance games really opened people's eyes to Moon Knight. And then they started reading, maybe. Mm-hmm. Or, I know a lot of people wanted him to pop up with the Defenders when it was on Netflix. Mm-hmm. As he should have. However, this could be an op- That, I know it's a technically a TV-type show. It's not a movie. But I think Keanu Reeves would fit well there as Moon Knight. Let's be honest, Keanu Reeves could do just about anything. And this second, we can talk about it a thousand times, this second coming of Keanu just still shocks me, because I'm like, dude, Keanu's been around since Bill and Ted. Yeah. I mean, come on. He was in Speed. He was Neo. Now everybody loves him again. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, a high school musical series. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how I feel about it, you know, uh, but... Why is that? I don't know. It just... Is it too late? I don't think it's ever too late, really. Um, I think that a lot of people who grew up during the High School Musical era Mm -hmm. have kids of their own now. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's a chance for them to sort of share that world with them. Not just is it too late, is it too late to go without the originals? Like... If they were to make a four with the original characters, I feel like it'd been a bigger reaction, a stronger. You really don't feel like several, if not all, with maybe the exception of Zac Efron, will make some sort of appearance. Yeah. Like as teachers at yeah. the school or a Chad's coach a on the coach basketball or, team or something. Exactly. Something. Something will happen. Yeah. I would assume. Maybe Ryan's teaching theater. I don't know. That would make perfect sense. Okay. I mean, I, again, I've got to decide. When I see it. Yeah. Uh, but the biggest excitement, I mean, Mandalorian, man, it looks, it's like, yes, this is TV-esque, it's a show, but it's a streaming service, so it's different, you know, bit of a different budget, because they're, you know, dispersing in amongst their own thing, so they're saving money there. Uh, they're not, you know, like, oh, is AMC going to buy it, or is, or is ABC going to buy mm-hmm. it, you know. But it looks like a Disney, like a Star Wars movie. Yeah, it looks just like it. Like mm-hmm. when Agents of Shield came out, it didn't look like a Marvel movie. No, this looks like the Star Wars universe. Exactly. That's a good comparison because you know you expect if you've got that Marvel name on it, you're expecting that same quality. And it was like we're just sort of <laughs> you know kind of almost a little bit connected to it, and you know it's not nearly as good. Yeah. Whereas this is. They have the the Disney money, mm-hmm. and they can do whatever they want, and I think it's going to match up very nicely, and I'm very excited I'm about excited. it. I'm excited. That's uh, going to be... I really want Boba to make an appearance, and maybe that's an, a secret they have up their sleeve. Who knows? Because it takes place... I think... They released a roadmap. Yeah, I'm pretty sure this is somewhere in the new trilogy somewhere. Right before, maybe I think, before or maybe seven, right after. after seven. Maybe something like that. Between 7 and 8, maybe. Yeah. I'm not really sure. Uh, looks great, though. Uh-huh. Uh, this might be the first thing that I lock lock myself down here in the, the fortress and I've been oh, we that, have to, we that weekend. To, we may need to lock ourselves down here and you know, get some, some pizzas, some wings, uh, some sodas, and just 
binge it and yeah. put up a do not disturb nerds mm-hmm. nerds in progress. Weekend of progress. Uh, weekend of November twelfth. Yes. Stamp it. Oh gosh, you brought out the stamp. <laughs> um, and they also did the roadmap of Star Wars. Did you get a good look at that? I didn't get a good look. I didn't at get a good look because a lot of it was stuff we already yeah we already, we already have but and we already have but just like showing some, the timeline. There's some new things aside from Mandalorian that they're hinting at. Yes, but I think the biggest thing is we got the new trailer uh-huh. for Star Wars: Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, Tyler, what did you think about the trailer? It kind of shocked me. Mm-hmm. Like. <laughs> and I, I don't know how to think about it. Like we, me and my friend Michael Bacon at work, we were watching. We watched the trailer at the same time at when we were eating lunch together. And both, like, I dropped my phone at the end, and we both like leaned back in our chairs. And he goes, "No!" And I was like, "Was that Ray?" So we had to go back. Yeah, and not just Ray with a cool double weird lightsaber, but a red. Lightsaber, and which a, only signifies and a black hood, and a black hood, which signifies Sith. Now, could they be toying with us, and could that's a anything. vision she may see? I'm excited about the fact that it's there's a new style of lightsaber. You know, like every other movie yeah. or so, we'd get a new style. Like and this was like it starts as like it's it's hard to. It's like it's on a little hinge, like yeah. a little thing, and it just she clicks it, and, and it's like a double, almost like malls. Yeah. Uh, we saw C-3PO with the red eyes, yes. too. Who knows what that means? We don't know what that means. We Maybe know. C-3PO is the true Sith Lord. Oh, my God. That'd probably be a lot better than Jar Jar. Uh, and, so, of course, Palpatine, we know. Yeah. She's going to have some. What if she's a Palpatine? She could be. I don't know. Um, uh, dude, I'm, I'm, I can't. I can't do theories anymore. I, I'm just ready to. That's kind of that's how I've felt. Like I'm just like for a long time. I'm just gonna have to see it. I'm just and like again. It. I stand by saying, if it fixes everything, yeah, then I will not rag on Last Jedi as much. I've read something that said that J.J. Abrams said this one will answer all of your questions. Now that's his opinion. <laughs> you know that's true. So who knows? And my sister-in-law sent me a text last night and said that apparently he accidentally let some sort of a spoiler out and people are already knowing some big thing about it and she was like you should probably just avoid the internet so I mean, that's possible i don't know <laughs> um i'll try you know, speaking I guess. Of, we also got the confirmation from a rumor we talked about last week mm-hmm. obi-wan yeah that was back definitely you and mcgregor it's gonna be great i'm excited There's a lot of star wars happening can it can i go back to rise of the sky just for a second yeah how much footage, because a lot of that trailer was old stuff. Yeah. Little clips of things. There was a voiceover. New stuff for the new movie, probably what, 20 seconds or so? If that. If that. Well, don't you know, of course, the trolls on the internet lost their minds. Ugh, this looks terrible. This looks so stupid. Poop emoji, poop emoji. How do you know it looks bad? There's 20 seconds of the movie and no dialogue other than a voiceover. Do How do you know? Do sound like Beavis? Yes. Beavis and Butthead? <laughs> yeah, it's like terrible. Um, it oh, just no, I, frustrates me so I would bad. I absolutely like, agree with you. What do are you not know. How do you know? That, that is criticism for the sake of criticism. Oh, yeah. Then that's it. That's all there is to it. It's like, uh, you know what? Don't go see it then. Don't go see it. 
And like you've told me before, oh, that's you shouldn't, you know, say that as a defense. But seriously, there's literally nothing that these people can do. There is nothing they can put in these movies. I've said before, like they could they could raise Carrie Fisher from the dead. People would still be like, oh, oh Princess Leia shouldn't be in any more movies. <laughs> like it doesn't matter. They're gonna complain no matter what. And I'm like, I'm sorry, if you're that jaded about Star Wars, then don't go see it. Yeah, but at the same at the at the end of the day, you've gotta have the jaded people. I don't have to have Jack no, you crap. Don't have to ha- you don't have to have them, but you're going like, to have I understand, them. okay, people weren't crazy about... And like Logan even said, and I, I can respect this. He's like, you know, I was disappointed in the last two, so I'm not going to get hyped about it. Okay, that's fine. That's a mentality I, I, I can respect. I get that. Yeah. Oh, it looks but terrible. Don't, don't down it with 20 seconds of footage. <sighs> I'm sorry. I've, been, I've I just got a text from my wife. Why are you yelling down there? Because I'm, <laughs> I'm heated. I'm heated, Rebecca. <laughs> the trolls, they, they get me this way. The troll. <sighs> I guess we should move on to what the troglodytes. To the terrible, awful news. I know. Now it's not going to help your blood pressure leading into this news. Sad news, <sighs> nerds and nerdettes. And if you're listening to this podcast, you already know. Spider-Man was pulled from the MCU, and it kind of comes from a spiraling, spiraling discussion between uh, Sony and Disney moving forward after this phase. And I guess they just could not come to an agreement. Um, from what I gathered, uh, the original deal was Disney was only getting 5% of the profits. 5%. Of the profits. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. While getting to tell fantastic Spider-Man stories. Uh-huh. And use him with Tony Stark. Uh-huh. And Captain America. Uh-huh. And the whole MCU. Mm-hmm. And all they were getting was 5%. 5%. But they were doing a lot of work. They were doing, like, all of the work. Yes. And before anybody says anything, this is not my Disney bias, okay? And I know, of course, the trolls, and even some people who aren't trolls, are like, oh, well, it's just Disney's fault. Disney's being greedy. Okay. Guys, it's business. It's business. Mm-hmm. You, People were like, oh, well, they shouldn't have asked for 50%. That's crazy. First of all, I don't think that's crazy. If you're doing all the work... 50% ain't that bad. Oh, doesn't Disney have enough money? Yeah, they do. They have all the money in the world, but that doesn't mean they should do their stuff for free. Okay? I look at it like this. Let's say that you and I are working on a project together at school. Okay? okay? And let's say that I have this really, really nice pin. The okay. pin being Spider-Man. Okay? See my analogy here? Yeah. I have the Spider-Man pin. And I had tried to do the project a couple of times before, and it was okay. But I take it to you and say, here. Use my you, pen. You see what you can do with the pen. And you produce this amazing, fantastic project. Okay. Okay. And then I take the project, and I turn it in, and I get 95% of the credit. But I only did 5% of the work and gave you, hmm. actually not even 5% of the work. No. I just gave you the pen. Yeah. And you come to me and say, you know, I did a lot of work on that. Next time. Don't you think maybe I should get a little more credit than I say? No, you're just being greedy. You don't get to use my pen anymore. That's ridiculous. I'm going to take my pen and do another project. I'm offended that you have asked me for such a thing, and I'm just going to take my pen, and I'm going to go home, and I'm going to try again without you, Mm -hmm. and I'm going to build off of what you've already done. Yeah. However, they're going to build off, continue with Tom Holland, Spider-Man, in the... 
Venomverse, as they're calling it, yeah. without being able to mention anything that he came out of. That's ridiculous. Like, they can't at once go, oh, where you been, Peter? I've been fighting with the Avengers. Hey, look, I... <laughs> I know that it's not as simple as the analogy that I just came up with. I, I know that. And I know that Disney got the merchandise deal and stuff like that. Okay. Yeah. I, I understand that. And I'm sorry. I don't know what the numbers are. I don't know what they made on that. Should they have done a complete 50-50 deal? Like, you know, we'll share merchandise with you. Let's share production costs. Let's share all the stuff. Maybe they should have. Okay. But for people to say, oh, it was crazy for them to ask for 50%. I just don't agree with that. And either way... You know, everybody knows. In business, you ask for more than you expect to get. That doesn't mean you just end the deal right then and there. And then Sony came out with this statement of, well, Kevin Feige is just far too busy to continue work on Spider-Man. That's horse crap. That is a complete cop-out. That's collateral damage. They're trying That's to just say, to... oh, don't be mad at us. Yeah. Okay. We want on. to make another PlayStation game. We hope you'll buy and, it. And look, and I'll say this, okay? That PlayStation game is like top notch. Oh, yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. And Into the Spider-Verse, was one of my favorite fantastic. movies. Okay? One of my favorite movies. Mm-hmm. And they did it. But live action Spider-Man, guys, the people who are fussing about Disney wanting credit for what they did are the same people who ragged on Andrew Garfield and on Tobey Maguire. God forbid we bring up Tobey Maguire. Okay, mm. they're the same people. Oh well, Disney's greedy. Yeah, but that, that's my. Those are that's the people that aren't going to be happy. And, and I'm we, sorry. And the thing is, we have friends who are making those kind of posts. Oh, I know. And you just have to ignore those because it's like, okay, then what will make you happy? Nothing. You have been given the most perfect Spider-Man portrayal of all time, mm-hmm. and you're still not happy. And I would say the same thing if the revolt, if the easier me to say, if the roles were switched. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Sony was the one doing it and Disney owned it. I would say the same thing because yeah. to me that's just logical. I'm sure there's something here that I'm missing. There could have been on either side and I'm trying to stay I'm trying to stay even kill because I'm just I'm just trying to stay, you know, fair to both sides. There could have been discussions. There could have been like, ooh, 50, eh, hmm, yeah, we still own him, maybe 20. And, you know, who knows what was said behind closed doors. But the thing is, is you but know who really loses? Everybody. Us. We lose. Oh, and they, they don't lose because Disney's going to continue on with their massive universe and make billions of dollars. Sony's going to get to continue making Spider-Man with Tom Holland, arguably, and I wouldn't argue with you because I'd say he's the best. He is the best. The best Peter Parker slash Spider-Man we've had since maybe the animated series when we were kids. Mm-hmm. They get to still have to have him. And tell and put him with Venom and Carnage in their own little crappy universe. I mean, they still get to make the money and win. We lose because we don't get to see Peter Parker with our with our other heroes. He belongs in the MCU. I mean, and it's just as simple as that. Did you he see does. That they, they they made an offer to Disney. 10, oh, 10 yeah, billion dollars. I what do you know what they paid for Star Wars or Lucasfilm? Because I don't even think it was that much, was it? No. Uh, six or seven? I don't know for sure. Maybe. But Lucas still gets to keep the merchandising rights. Lucas is still making... He's making money off merchandising stuff. George Lucas is... George Lucas could stay in his house the rest of his life. And his children... And, and, and his grandchildren could stay at home for the rest of their lives and never do anything. Nope. 
you know, based on the money he made. But, but basically this new, you know, and it, and it, not just the fans were in a rough war, but then Stan Lee's ridiculous children who have had <sighs> nothing to do with his empire, who, who, were, who mistreated him left and right. It's pretty widely reported that his daughter was, like, basically a terrible person, and, and now she's So like, terrible that Kevin Smith hired lawyers to keep her away from her own father. And Kevin Smith loved Stan Lee. Yes, okay, and like if you go father. back, if you go back to when Stan Lee died, and you listen to Kevin Smith talk about it, did the dude? I mean, he's, he can't make words. He's a he's a pretty you know sentimental, sensitive guy yeah. already. But you could just the love in his heart for this mm. man. You know, it was very touching. So that makes sense to me. But she's just trying to make waves and get publicity here, okay? For her to say that he was mistreated. Now, she might have been talking about Disney executives when she made her comment about, you know, she, he was mistreated and all this stuff, and they didn't honor his legacy. She might have been talking about Disney executives, but Marvel Studios? Absolutely not. Are you Feige crazy? loved that man. You can go and watch it. If you get in-game and watch the special like featurettes mm-hmm. and stuff, and it, they, had, they had a whole thing about remembering Stan, and it shows him on set during his cameos, and he talked about how much fun he was having and how much he loved seeing all of his characters come to life and be together. And um, he said, oh, I can remember every single cameo that I've done. Everybody's, you know, hugging on Stan and joking with him. You tear up. He loves all of that. So I'm sorry. I think she's crazy. She's a nut job. And and I wasn't there. We're just going to finish this with. I don't know who listens to this. I know we've got quite a few listeners, and that's great. But if anybody connected to Sony listens to this, give them back. Give the people what you know they want. They don't want him in this Venom verse. I don't. You don't, not just Vin, give Venom back. Marvel belongs with Marvel. I think so too. I mean, I'm sorry. Just stop making Marvel movies, Sony. <laughs> I mean, eventually, you know they're going to come knocking at their door. I understand the fact that they have to protect their stuff too, and, and I like, understand that. But you give it a few years, Sony will come knocking back. I hope so. And I, you know, I, even better would be they work something out sooner rather sooner. than later. Yeah. Because, you know, the way things were going, we were about to get some really exciting stuff with Spider-Man. And it's like, it's all for nothing now. And we have to restart again. And I'm just not, I'm not, I'm not there for that. No. It's going to be tough to go see those. So. Yeah. Um, I know that it was more of a tirade than news. But. Uh, Sorry. You know, and uh, in the grand scheme of things, we get passionate. But. We know what we love and we know what we want. So, uh, nerds, that is your weekly news. You know, nerds, when we're working on the show or binge-watching something on Netflix or playing video games or watching the wrestling, we love to eat and we have to refuel. And nine times out of ten, we choose Akita Express. Akita is a family-owned restaurant where they treat you like family and feed you until you're full. I personally like the uh, chicken teriyaki and full-service portions at a quality and very fast pace. They honestly, they honestly believe in providing the best customer service and fast food for a very reasonable price. Fresh hibachi grilled food in a matter of minutes. If you haven't tried it, I'm sure they will find you something you like. 10 out of 10 would definitely recommend. Give Akita Express a try. They're at 3100 East Morse Boulevard right here in Morristown, Tennessee. And when you stop by, say hi to Quan 
and tell them 30 and Nerdy sent you. That's right, people. It's time for us to... On The Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers. Yes. Uh, we did uh, a few months ago, a couple months ago, mm-hmm. sometime, <laughs> we did The Fellowship of the Ring. Yes. And Very this, popular. this past Sunday, we sat down, we watched The Two Towers. It had been a couple years or so since I'd watched it. How about you? Uh, I can't say that. I, I watched it <laughs> quite a bit. <laughs> However. However. I have never seen the extended This version. is true. You have the extended DVDs. I only watch the extended versions. Well, now I will only do that yeah. because it added so much more. Like even little 10-second segments that they cut out yeah. that add just a little extra exposition or a little bit of this. Yeah, I, I could tell that it uh, it hadn't been so long since you'd seen it because let me tell you, folks, <laughs> this guy here, like every other line before it was said... He would look at me, and he would say it just like it was about to be said. And it made me it made me want to say. <laughs> Not really, but that was just too perfect of an opportunity to pass up. <laughs> so yeah, the two most towers. people get annoyed watching movies with me, and my older brother Christopher does it too. And it's like, like his wife will geez, be like, guy. I can't watch a movie. With Chris and Tyler. Because they'll say the whole thing. Or we'll just be like in a restaurant and we'll look at each other and say a quote. And she'll be like, huh? What is that? Is it? Are you really talking about this or is this from a movie? Is this from a movie, guys? Because if it is, I don't get it. I can totally see her doing that, too. (laughs) So So, uh, I thought that... I enjoyed it. I thought we would just sort of, you know, I would read a little summary of a section of the movie. And then we can kind of discuss it for a minute and continue on from there. Absolutely. I found, uh, before we get started, I was uh, researching some Two Towers pictures to put up in our Instagram post to drum uh-huh. up some questions. And knowing that the internet is listening to you 24-7-365, uh, good old big brother, uh, it already knew that I was interested in unknown facts. So it popped up five facts of Two Towers that nobody knows. I was like, well, okay, we'll, we'll see, we'll see how this looks. So... I'm going to go ahead and get those over with. I know a thing or two about the know, two about towers. The rings. Um, number one, Andy Serkis based Gollum's need for the ring off the cravings and withdrawals of heroin addicts. Okay. Uh, I can see that. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a very similar situation. Mm-hmm. I think he also based some of it off of his cat. His cat's the... <laughs> It was like yeah. a hairball. Yeah. Um, actor Brad Dorff, who plays Grimma Wormtongue. I know this. He uh, He's a method actor. He stayed uh-huh. in character on set the entire shoot. And he can cry on command. And we saw that. Yes. There's a, in, a moment. When Wormtongue sees Saruman's army, he immediately starts crying. And that was not in the script. He just started crying. Yeah, he's a pro. Uh, which, you know, unbeknownst to a lot of people, he's the voice to Chucky in the original Child's Play murderous doll series. Yes, he was. Um, number three, orcs have black blood and black flesh. So Peter Jackson believed that they should also have black saliva too. So before takes, and God, I would throw up. Before takes, orcs had to rinse their mouths with black licorice mouthwash. 
to give that black saliva look. Looked cool. And you can't get that with CG, folks. Black licorice. <laughs> That's awful. Uh, number four, to create the war cries of the Urukai army, Peter Jackson went to a cricket stadium, filled it with 25,000 people, and led them all in chanting, Derbgu Nashgu Derbgu Dashu. I've seen the footage of that, actually. Really? Mm-hmm. And that is when they are showing Saruman's army when they're zooming yep. back. Uh, that's how he got that sound. And finally, number five, in one of the scenes at Osgiliath, Sam says, by rights, we shouldn't even be here. This was said in order to acknowledge how the screenplay had completely deviated from the book's storyline because in the book, Frodo and Sam never pass through Osgiliath. Mm. So they threw that in as the, we understand that we're deviating from the I books. Never, I never thought of it that way. Uh, I think, and I haven't read the books in... Uh, Ten years or something. So, uh, pretty sure all the Shelob stuff from Return of the King actually happens in the Two Towers book. It does in part two. I think so. Yeah. Wow. I'd forgotten about that. Interesting. Yeah. So, those are just five facts before we got started. I wanted to throw out there for you. Thanks for that. So, shall we begin? I'm ready. All right. So... Beginning of the movie. Awakening from a dream of Gandalf the Grey battling the Balrog, Frodo Baggins and his friend Samwise Gamgee, the true hero of the trilogy, I yes. might add, find themselves lost in the Iminwil, Iminwil, I can't say it like Gimli says it, yeah. near Mordor, and soon become aware that they are being stalked by Gollum, the former owner of the One Ring. After capturing him, a sympathetic Frodo decides to use Gollum as a guide to Mordor, despite Sam's objections. Your thoughts, good sir. Well, first off, they film in the prettiest of locations. Dude, New Zealand is like my dream vacation. Yeah. Like, go and walk the Mordor Trail and all that yes. stuff. I've looked into it. It's super expensive. Well, I can like, imagine so. Unless uh, Hamlin County Schools gives me a significant raise, yeah. uh, <laughs> I'll not be going. Or you finally get that WWE job you've been trying to oh, get. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, and I think the especially the extended version... The, the stuff that they kept in that the original take did not have is you love Sam more and more. Um, just his optimism, his just keep going. Like he's constantly talking about the spices that he that he almost drops. He's like, stop it, Mr. Photo, catch it. So I pretty much only know extended version now. Yeah. So I can't remember. Like, that whole scene doesn't happen. The thing, like I know the thing with the Elvish rope. Galadriel gives him a rope in Fellowship and we get to see that. He ties it around a rock so they can uh, kind of move down a little cliff and he's like oh well that's the end of the rope because it's one of my knots and it'll never come undone and he just tugs on it and it, it comes apart because it's, it's elvish rope. rope it's yeah. magic it's supposed to stay but was the thing with the he had the little box full of salt from the shire dude the rope isn't in the original cut i knew the because rope in the wasn't. original fellowship she's not giving sam gifts really yeah the only gifts you see her give is the light of the evan star to frodo that's it in the original. Okay. All the gifts that the Fellowship gets is not in the original take. So that wow. scene isn't in the original take. So like when Gimli uh, asked for her hair? Yeah. Wow. Not, not and the rope scene is not. I knew, I knew the, the rope was Neither wasn't. is the salt. I wasn't sure about the salt. No. Nope. Okay, cool. Not in the original take. And I got to tell you, you know, originally, I found out that originally Andy Serkis was cast for the voice only as Gollum. But Peter Jackson fell in love with his vocal talent so much that he got to wear the mocap suit and do all the physical activities mm. Gollum. And it would have been the same. Knowing that, knowing that he's also doing all the physical stuff Gollum's doing, 
it's, it's just makes him even cooler of, of a performer mm-hmm. uh, in my eyes. Um, and I just, you know, I now, um, you've turned me into a snob. The Extended is all I ever want to watch now because... It's the way to go. There's man. so much more to it. It adds an extra 20 or 30 minutes to your uh, viewing experience, but mm-hmm. it's worth it. It's good Absolutely, stuff. it's worth it. It's great Especially stuff. when we get to the, the Mary Pippin stuff later, but oh, yes. we'll, we'll yes, save that. Yes, so, I love it. If you're Frodo, uh-huh. okay, let's say you and I are walking through the that place before uh, Mordor, and Gollum sneaks up on us, and I'm like, oh, you know... I feel sorry for him. Let's 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 bring him along. I oh. punch you in the throat. Yeah. Like when first of all I don't think that would happen because there's been so many times in our in our friendship where we've been like, uh, mm, uh and we've been like, Yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> you know, so <laughs> I think we'd be like, mm. Well then so let me ask you this way. Do you feel sorry for Gollum? Do you have sympathy for Gollum? I don't want to get too real here. I have the same sympathy for Gollum that I do have for addicts in real life. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't let them live with me. That's a good point. So Well, but the circumstances are a lot different. Like, they are. What else, they're going in circles. What else are they going to do? You know? I don't know. Uh, and even Gandalf in the first movie says he will play his part. And that's true. His part was... The guide. Frodo, uh, I guess, trusts the Gandalf. But at the same time, I also think that if I'm Frodo, you know, yeah, he is burdened by the ring and he's turning, for some reason, not just more and more like Gollum, he's turning dumber as the journey goes on. <laughs> you know? Frodo? Yeah. Well, that ring is really wearing yeah. on him. And we we really I start would to like see to that. I think that we would maybe be like, he's our guide. But then, but not trust him yeah they were a little too trusting yes. of frodo of, was know. too like sam stop picking on him you he know, just like, or he, blah 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 or, well frodo mm-hmm. and Gollum have that connection that sam doesn't understand because sam at this point has not been a ring bearer so yes. and even when he was it didn't affect him that way well so, and even galadriel says you know to bear a ring of power means you are alone mm-hmm. and i think frodo's like you know sam won't get it so yeah all right yeah Meanwhile, Aragorn, Legolas, and Gimli pursue the Urukai to save their companions, Merry and Pippin. The Urukai are ambushed by a group of Rohirrim, while the two hobbits escape into Fangorn Forest and encounter Treebeard and Ent. Aragorn's group later meets the Rohirrim and their leader, Eomir, who reveals that they have been exiled by their king, Theoden, who is being manipulated by Saruman and his servant, Grima Wormtongue, into turning a blind eye to Saruman's forces running rampant in Rohan. While searching for the hobbits in Fangorn, Aragorn's group encounters Gandalf, who, after succumbing to his injuries while killing the Balrog in Moria, has been resurrected as Gandalf the White to help save Middle-earth. And by the way, Funko, if you're listening, we don't have a Gandalf the White pop. I'm still waiting. Anyway. Oh, yeah, you don't. Cause it, there's, would, it would be here. Yeah. <laughs> they did announce, though, like last week, uh, Gandalf on Gwahir the Eagle. Like a pop ride. Well, maybe you're getting a white soon, then. They need to do, like... We don't have Gandalf the White. Um, we don't have Theoden. We don't have Aomir. We don't have Aowen. Th- there's not Rohirrim people? We don't have Wormtongue. Wow. Um, really yeah. slacking in the Lord of the Rings yeah. area. Funko. Yeah. Um, I think... 
I think that these are some of my favorite moments in the movie. The early Rohan stories. Mm-hmm. You know, the Battle of Helm's Deep later on is great and all that, but I love meeting those new characters like Eowyn and Theoden and Eomir. I think Eomir is one of my favorite characters in the trilogy, and he's so underrated. After, and I think it's Carl Urban's it's, portrayal. Yeah. After seeing the boys, like, and then seeing Eomir, he looks so young. And I realized this was like almost 20 years ago when this happened, so of course he does. But yeah, I just hadn't really realized, you know, and after watching the boys, it's just you see him in a different way. You know, I met Carl Urban. Um, no, I didn't. I did. I did. I met him at one of the conventions. I think it was a Dragon Con. He wasn't rude or anything. But he wasn't super polite either. Like, he wasn't super friendly. Like, hey, how's it going? Let's, you know. Some some guys, they they try to make you feel very welcome. And, like, they appreciate you coming to see them and paying for their signature and all that stuff. And he was just like, hey, here you go, man. Well, it's kind of like you it's say. It's nicer than Harrison Ford. Harris, it's kind of like you say about Harrison. Without us. Who would you be? There's no them. Yeah. Um. You know, in these are in these scenes too when they're tracking them. I love the little; they're not major characters, but the little characteristics they give the orcs and Urukai mm-hmm. to kind of establish like who's dominant, what their characters a little bit like. Mm-hmm. You know, not enough exposition to tell a story about, but you can already tell that Uruks think they're better than orcs. Mm-hmm. You know, the orcs like ah right, leave them with us. He's like, oh no, <laughs> yeah, we're taking him. You know, and just the little tussle they have um and and here's the note that i was talking to you about earlier they're taking the hobbits to isengard jeez is that the second most iconic line under you shall not pass do you think because people quote it all the time and it's even like a techno gif or meme or whatever they call them these days is they're taking the hobbits to isengard yeah, i hate that yeah um I think it's probably up there. I am partial to potatoes, you know. Yes, yes that yes. one's one of my favorites. But uh, you know, I think you're, you're probably right. Yeah, mainly because of that stupid techno thing yes. they did with it. But yes. whatever. And I got to tell you, in these in these tracking chasing scenes, Gimli's dialogue is hilarious. Oh yeah, you know, we dwarves are not suspicious, and he's struggling the whole <laughs> he's time, like struggling, barely um, making it. When we meet Theoden, did you know? That Theoden was the captain of the Titanic. I did know that. Bernard movie. Hill is yes. his name. Mm-hmm. In the mm-hmm. movie The Titanic with Leo DiCaprio. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I love these these scenes. I love Fangorn. I love that moment of Gandalf, the resurrected Gandalf the White. Yeah, and do you notice there's all sorts of foreshadowing to us meeting Gandalf? Like uh, when the trio meet Eomir... He says, uh, Saruman has been walking through the woods disguised as an old man, hooded and cloaked. Mm -hmm. So he's talked about there. um, And later on when Treebird says, you know, the the white wizard, um, all that stuff, we're meant to think, you know, it's it's Saruman. Saruman The entire time. Even when he shows up, he talks a little bit like Saruman. Well, so what they did was they blended the voices of Ian McKellen and Christopher Lee, and they also blended some of their facial features. You know, if if you notice, you can't see his face very clearly. But if you look closely, like it kind of phases in and out, and you're not sure who it is yeah. until he steps, you know, he steps out, and you see it's it's our Gandalf. The day before so, yesterday. Um, 
Yeah, that's one of the coolest scenes. Oh my gosh. And Aragorn's just like, you fell. And he tells the whole story of the mm-hmm. Balrog. And the way he talks about, like, he, I fought the Balrog on the final dungeon of, you yeah. know, and I was like, this is like a video game, like different levels. Like, he fought him on different levels of this cavern. I'm sure this isn't news to most people, but I thought I would share it anyway. Treebeard. Uh, yeah. That's John Rice Davies. Yeah, Gimli. That is, uh, that's Gimli there. Doing talking that normally. Not doing a Gimli one, you know. Yeah. Just him talking normally, and they, like, did something guttural with him. Mm-hmm. I can't remember. When I met John Rice Davies, another one of the Lord of the Rings people I met, he was a lovely man, by the way. He was just, he was great. Um, what was it he called you? Oh, man. He, I walked up to the table. Becky and I went together. And he said, oh, look at this handsome devil. Look at that beard. And he was just like, oh, man, he was so much. Uh, but he actually just sat there and, and just carried on a conversation with us. I don't think he had much of a line, maybe a couple of people. But, you know, he asked us what we did. And we told him we were teachers. And he talked about how much he respected that and how he thought that was just so wonderful. That's cool. My autograph that I have um, of him, he, he put, not the beard, on the signature. Uh. Yeah. Have you never seen that? Have I never showed that to you? No. I'll have to find it. Uh, but yeah, he's he's just a wonderful, wonderful man. So, what else uh, in this segment? Um, um, we uh, didn't talk about Viggo Mortensen. So the thing when Viggo Mortensen kicks that Rakai oh, helmet or whatever, Marion Pippin's dead. Yeah. So he he goes and he kicks that that I don't know if it's a head or a helmet a or helmet. what or both. And he lets out this scream, and he falls to his knees. He broke, he straight up broke his toe on that kick. Because he had done it like a dozen times, because yeah. they said, all right, Vigo, kick it right at the camera, right straight at the camera. Okay, I assume he's not like a, a soccer player or anything like that. He's an actor, not that you can't be both. but um, <laughs> So you can see there's footage of it on yeah. some of the old uh, uh, little bonus stuff. bonus stuff. And, you know, it's like going all over the place, like up way out of the frame and stuff. And he's getting frustrated. He's tired of doing this. And they really had to run across those hills, okay? Oh, yeah. So he's like, all right. And he goes and he does it. And it's perfect. That's the shot they needed. And that thing goes right towards the center of the camera. And he screams and he, like, he majorly, his and, ah! majorly broke his toe. Broke his toe. All authentic. All in that take. And... What a professional! He, you know, just sits there for a second, uh, and you can. And the way that movies are these days, like you can't even tell there's a cut there. Did you notice? I've always wondered about this. Like after they meet up with Gandalf, and they're going to, I guess they're going to pick up Shadowfax or whatever. Mm-hmm. Gandalf suddenly has on one of those elvish cloaks. It's like where did he's this had it the entire time? Where did like, this cloak come from? Are they carrying extras? along when their journey running through the fields of Rohan like did well, Galadriel bet, give them extra just in case Gandalf well, came back to life that, I bet I bet he made some stops along the way I would love to see a spin-off of Gandalf's journey from resurrection to like who resurrected him uh, magic I guess okay where would he go a certain first? entity he would try to follow the okay where would the fellowship have gone after this he might you know, have shown up in Lothlorien maybe the Amazon series that ah. is coming out eventually, maybe they'll do something That'd like be that. Cool. But you can't have Gandalf without Ian McKellen. I'm sorry. No. I'm laying down the law. Gonna, on I that. heard it was going to be more Aragorn heavy. Well, that's fine. They can do a, a young Aragorn, no, but I'm not. I'm not tolerating any Gandalf other no. than Ian McKellen. 
me neither. I so, probably won't watch it. That's probably a big. That's a, that's a big sell point for me. That's a lie. I'll definitely watch it either way. Yeah. All right. I'm very moving partial. on. All right. So Aragorn's group travels to Rohan's capital city, Edoras, where Gandalf releases Theoden from Saruman's influence, and Wormtongue is banished. After learning of Saruman's plans to wipe out Rohan with his Urukai army, Theoden decides to evacuate his citizens to Helm's Deep, an ancient fortress that has provided refuge to Rohan's people in times past, while Gandalf departs to acquire the aid of the of uh, Aomir's army. Aragorn establishes a friendship with Theoden's niece, Eowyn, who is, I think, looking for a bit more than friendship, mm. uh, who quickly becomes infatuated with him. When the refugees come under attack by warg-riding orcs, Aragorn falls off a cliff and is presumed dead. However, he is revived by his horse Brago and rides to Helm's Deep. The defenders are joined by a detachment of elves from Lothlorien. The Urukai army arrives at Helm's Deep that night, and a night-long battle ensues. The Urukai breach the outer wall using gunpowder-like explosives and force the remaining defenders to retreat into the inner castle. Wow. What a I thing. There. So yeah, they I get... love Eowyn. Yeah, Eowyn's I love okay. Eowyn. Uh, I always notice like when they get to Edoras, Edoras is like an Edgar Allan Poe poem <laughs> come to life. When they walk into that place, everybody's like all dark and sad looking. And there's so uh, such uh, symbolism in that the the Rohan flag tears off one, of the one of the Rohan yeah, flags, and it like the flies sun. off. It's like man, things are really not going well yeah. here. And, and and just like the the camera cuts they use the the different hues that are shown mm-hmm. as opposed to like in Rivendell or Lothlorien, like it's just a dull farmer's capital. And the the Rohan score the music da 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 you know however it goes like it's really slow yes and there. can we just say that martin shore mm-hmm. howard mu- shore howard shore martin shore howard shore is a genius yeah like just even the undertones mm-hmm. that are subtly there like these these soundtracks are soundtracks that don't have words in them that I'll listen to in the car mm-hmm. cuz they're that good they're like a john williams and star wars i used to listen to those like to study yeah. or um, in college, like taking tests and stuff, I would listen to like the Pirates of the Caribbean score and Lord of the Rings. Another score. good one. That music, I don't know, just yeah, something about just, it. it makes you feel something. Oh yeah, but I love and that. I think what makes a movie, what you can break a movie with bad music. Oh, for sure. So you uh, can make a movie even better. That that Rohirrim motif in that music, you know, real slow and kind of melancholy to to match that. But like in other scenes where Rohan is, you know, very triumphant, you mm-hmm. hear that same motif, but it's much stronger or faster. Yeah. Yes. You know, and they play around with that, and that's so effective. There, absolutely, uh, it really makes you feel. And and I love when he basically, uh, you know, drawn Saruman. This poison is drawn from a wound. He's basically performing an exorcism mm-hmm. on Theoden because Saruman is through the wor- wicked words of Wormtongue worm possessed him yeah. somewhat. That's a really cool scene. We talked when we watched it about uh, the one of the Rohan guys, Hama. Hama. He's the guy that's like, oh, you know, we got to take your weapons. Yeah. And he talks to Gandalf, he's all, your staff. And Gandalf's like, oh, you know, don't pardon an old man from his walking stick. Yeah. And you asked me, like, do you think he knows that he's about to come in there and save the day and I said well I don't know I, I feel like it should have been a little more on the nose yeah like 
okay, I'm picking up what wink, you're throwing wink. down here, Gandalf. Nah, nah. But he just sort of was like, oh, all right, I'm probably going to get in trouble for this. It didn't appear that way to me. Yeah. But once everything goes down in there in the in the, in the the hall and, you know, Legolas and Gimli are fighting the dudes and Aragorn and they go to try to help, Hama kind of holds him back. He's like, no, wait, no, wait let's, let's just see what happens. happens. Yeah. You know, he knew what to do. Yeah. And uh, R.I.P. Hama. Because he didn't survive the war attack. Not survive the wargs. He got his face eaten right off. <laughs> yes, he did. And I love the transformation after he he beats Saruman, mm-hmm. basically saves Theoden's soul or whatever. Like they show the whole like de demorphing or de-morphing, whatever, morphing, de demonizing, yeah. whatever you want to call it. It's That's so cool. good for for as old as those like movies are. It's like you you can't tell like when yeah. how they did that. No, you know, you can't. It's really like good. A, it was really cool. Um, and and what added to the sadness is the extended edition shows the whole funeral for his son. Oh, man. I mean, think about that. Like, you're basically in a coma when you're possessed by Saruman like that. Like, mm. Theoden has no idea what's mm. been going on, the, the executive orders he's given out, blah, blah, blah. And he wakes up to finding out, oh, your son's dead, the heir. You know, your only son, your heir to your throne, the carry on the, the name, the lineage, he's dead. Mm-hmm. Due to the guy who possessed you, the uh, extended scene was the, they're burying Theodrin, his son, um, and Eowyn sings the some sort of Rohirrim Rohirrim song, and I pointed out something yeah. I always notice that you know I love the attention to detail when she's singing it. There's some of the extras in the background, some of the the women they're weeping and they're mourning. And they knew the words that she was singing. Yeah. They sort of kind of mouthed it along with her. Yeah. You know, that's Absolutely. not by accident, and that no. really adds to it. It makes you yeah. really believe, like this is a real country, and this is a real. Yeah. These people are really mourning. Yeah, and that's, and that's how I look at it. One of one of the moments where my anytime we're watching through it, my mom always cries at this line, and that's when Theoden says, "No parent should have to bury their own child." Oh, yeah, she right. always cries at that line, and she'll you'll always hear her go. Mm. Oh God, he's so right. <laughs> um, it talked in the in the little uh, summary that I gave. It talked about Brago finding Aragorn after he falls off the cliff and kind of waking him up. <laughs> What's really funny is like you know Aragorn has this like vision that Arwen's kissing him and all this stuff, and he wakes up and like his horse is licking him and everything. It's like, dang, Arwen, you've changed. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but. Uh, fun fact, Vigo Mortensen actually bought that horse in real life, Brago. Aww. Yeah, he, he owned that horse. Um, you know, it kind of reminded me, of watching it back through this time, you remember when we went and saw X-Men Origins 2? Was, it, was that when he's in Japan? Oh, that's the Wolverine. Yeah, the Wolverine. And Gene keeps showing up in his dreams and stuff. And in the theater, you went, I'm really getting tired of you, Gene. Like, yeah. leave me alone. Getting tired of your crap here, Gene. <laughs> like, Arwen keeps doing that to Aragorn in this one. Like, yeah. she'll show up in his dreams, and he's just like, this is a dream again. <sighs> then it is a good dream. Um, the like, Arwen... Oh, I'm trying to sleep. The Arwen-Aragorn sequences and, like, the, the Arwen and uh, Elrond sequences in the Two Towers is, like, my least favorite part of the movie. It's I'm just like, man, very, it drags a little bit very, for me. Yeah, draggy. And, like, let's just go. Well, and, and but in those scenes where he's, like, going with the Rohan... You know, with, with Fellowship? Two Helms Deep. Oh, no, it's Okay, yeah. You know, there's those also those other scenes with him and Eowyn. And 
<laughs> she makes this crappy that stew. awful soup she made. <laughs> yeah, and he's just mm. yeah, mm. and then like mm. she tries to walk away, and he tries to pour it out, yeah. and she turns around, and he's like trying to, he tries to to hide it, and he <laughs> pours it all over himself, and, and it's it, hot, it's hot, it's hot. Mm. You can see the steam coming yes. off of it too, and he's just like, oh, she's trying to have a conversation with him, and, but you also learn there, it's in the books. Mm-hmm. But it's not in the original cut, learning that he's of the Dunedain. He's 87. He's actually 87 years old. He, he remembers ro- her Uncle Theoden as a child. Yeah, he rode to war with uh, her grandfather. Yes. And she's like, no, that, that's that's impossible. 87. Because, you know, and he's like, well, I'm 87. Yeah. That's in the books, because he doesn't age like a normal man. And then, to make it all worse, after they talk and he reveals his age to her, she's like, oh, well, please, eat. And decides to stand there and watch him eat. eat so he's forced to eat this terrible. It looked like they show you a little a little glimpse of it. This little sack of I don't know. It I don't know. Like it looked like onion. like uncooked shrimp or something. Yes, yes. Nasty. Just get him a beer or something. Yeah. Um. So after the attack, you know, and the war riders, and we think that Aragorn's, you know. We we know he's not dead, but you know he's in a rough spot. But you know, Bre- you said Brego revives him. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you say that, I picture like a horse with you know hooves going clear, clear. Uh, he sees the army mm-hmm. marching towards Helm's Deep. Ten thousand. Imagine if they didn't know, like if Aragorn hadn't seen them, if Aragorn didn't come oh back, and they weren't prepared, and the elves hadn't shown up, like. It would have been bad. The elves showing up is one of my mom's favorite scenes, totally, because, like, how they're all like, we're here to... They're synchronized. And they're all... Yeah. Turn at the same time, and it's just really cool. Gotta love the elves. I love this... I love this scene. I love it. Um, Me too, Mom. (laughs) And and just what a fight scene. You know, you talked about a fight through the night ensues, and who, baby... And they really had to record that, like, in the middle of the night, in New Zealand. It's raining. And they... I think, yeah, they had, like... You know they had to make it rain, um, and these poor extras are in this have all this heavy armor and makeup Long and prosthetics and, and stuff and, and man. And I think it took them like two or three weeks to film that grueling stuff. Worth it. Oh gosh, yes. One of the one of the more iconic uh, fantasy battle scenes. Yes. Um, I would and agree. A lot of stuff in Game of Thrones, like uh, Battle of the Bastards, and emulated, and all that stuff. Yeah, and people compared it to that. Like, yeah. you know, this is Helm's Deep. That's that's the measuring stick. Helm's, Helm's Deep. Deep. Yeah, absolutely, it is. Um, so, moving on to our dynamic duo of Marion Pippin. Marion Pippin, having convinced Treebeard that they were allies and not little orcs, are brought to an Ent council in Fangorn, where the Ents decide not to assist in the war. Pippin then tells Treebeard to take them in the direction of Isengard, where they witness the devastation caused to the forest by Saruman's war efforts. An enraged Treebeard summons the Ents and they storm Isengard, drowning the orcs by breaking their river dam and stranding Saruman and Orthanc. I love the last march of the Ents. Mm-hmm. That boy soprano note. Mm-hmm. We d- we discussed it because yeah. like I was like sitting there going, "Did you know?" And you're like, "Yes, I did. Yeah. I did know that." Way ahead of you. Yeah, I was like, but watching that, like if you go to the bonus features, watching him record this this sweet little boy soprano doing you, the. What I notice about that scene every time is that, you know, he talks about how slow everything with the ends is, and they 
Don't be hasty. And they take forever to do everything. And they decide, yeah, we're not going to help out. Sorry. And they get there. And Treebird gets all angry about seeing his tree friends burn down. And he does the little battle cry. And suddenly the ants are like, like Boom. they, they yeah. apparate. They know. And there they are. It's like, well, dang, they weren't this fast <laughs> on anything before. What happened? If I had known that all it would take is to, you know, chop down a couple trees, a we would have done this <laughs> two hours ago. Treebeard, thanks for nothing. Don't be hasty. Uh, I love all the Marion Pippin stuff. I'm big Marion Pippin fans. Yeah. Uh, you got to see the extended scene uh, where they drink the ant water. Yes. Uh, Treebeard. Yes. They fall asleep when he's he's reciting Entish poetry. Uh-huh. And have you seen the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy? Oh, of course you have. Yeah. Entish poetry kind of reminds me of the Vogon poetry. It's like they get to, on the Vogon ship. It's like first you have to listen to yes, some yes, of my yes, yes. poetry. <laughs> Did you like my poem? And it's this terrible, terrible, yes. like slow. He also kind of reminded me of owl stories and Winnie the Pooh. You know, yeah. many times like my great grandpa Lucifer, he once told me, and they're all like, "Oh God, here he goes again." And then they go to sleep. And then they go to sleep. And he carries them off to this little spot in the yeah. woods. I don't know. And um, he lays them down. Well, they wake up, and they there's a little a little fountain or mm-hmm. something there. And Mary starts to notice that Pippin looks a little bit taller. And he's like, what did you do? He's like, oh, come on, Mary. I've always been taller I've than you. I've always been taller. I've always been. Everybody knows I'm the tall one. You're nope, the short one. I'm the tall one. And he's like, they start fighting over the water, the int water, because he realizes that that's what yeah, made that's him tall. Him. And they get eaten by a tree. Yeah. Um, and you were excited about that because that's... He quotes a poem. That's straight from Tom Bombadil. Yeah, from Fellowship. someone that I'm sad that got left out. Mm-hmm. Uh but it was an ode to him, mm-hmm. kind of an homage. Like, okay, we'll we'll put in a Tom Bombadil poem, uh, and line for line, he quotes it, and the willow lets him go, because that happens to him in the uh, Barrow Downs in Book One. Yes, the willow starts to take him, and mm-hmm. Tom Bombadil and his wife Goldberry show up and save him. So that was cool. I'm mm-hmm. glad that they did that in the extended edition. Um, I really love the end stuff. I love how he's like, "Don't be hasty all the time." Just just take it easy, man. Be cool. <laughs> and when they're at the int moot and Mary has his moment where he kind of stands up to Treebeard, yeah. you know, that's another favorite moment. It's like, you know, How you're, can that be your decision? you're part of this world and yeah. if you don't do something now, we're all doomed. Yeah. And he and Pippin, who's so innocent and, you know, just doesn't really have a care in the world, even after all he's been through and all he's seen. He's just still so innocent. And he says, let's just go home and forget about all this. Shire. And when he says... You know, there's not going to be a Shire. Dude, if we anymore. don't do anything about it, Buckland will burn. And then there will be no Shire. Pippin's like, I got oh, an idea. I got okay. an idea. I got an idea. <laughs> Pippin's a lot smarter than people oh, yeah. think. Absolutely. Yeah. Is. Bless his heart. So let's move on. Uh, at Helm's Deep, Aragorn convinces a despairing Theoden, because they're losing the battle, to ride out and meet the Uruks in one last charge. Gandalf and Eomir's horsemen arrive at sunrise, turning the tide of the battle. The Urukai flee into Fangorn Forest, which has moved closer to the battle at the urging of Treebeard, where they are destroyed. Gandalf warns that Sauron's retaliation will be terrible and swift. Mm-hmm. It's actually, the line goes, his retaliation terrible, his retribution swift. 
Thank you, sir. I'm just saying. Tyler McKillen. (laughs) Meanwhile, Gollum leads Frodo and Sam through the dead marshes to the Black Gate, but convinces them that uh, to get to Mordor by an alternative route. Frodo and Sam are captured by the Rangers of Ithilien, led by Faramir, brother of the late Boromir. Frodo helps Faramir catch Gollum to save him from being killed, and Faramir learns of the One Ring and takes his captives with him to Gondor to win his father's respect. While passing through the besieged Gondorian city of Osgiliath, Sam reveals that Boromir was driven mad by the ring and tried to take it. An attacking Nazgul nearly captures Frodo, who momentarily attacks Sam before coming to his senses, forcing Sam to remind him that they are fighting for the good still left in Middle-earth. Faramir is impressed by Frodo. Impressed by Frodo? Frodo about gave up the ring. What's Faramir thinking? He should have been impressed by Sam. I'm sorry. Right? Let's continue. Uh, and... Sorry. That's crazy. Are you serious, Wikipedia? What are you even doing right now? All right. Uh, Faramir is impressed by Frodo and releases them along with Gollum. While leading the hobbits once more, Gollum decides to take revenge on Frodo and reclaim the ring by leading the group to her upon arriving at Kirithungol. All right. So back to the Gandalf stuff. That arrival at Helm's Deep. Mm Mm-hmm. So epic. Yeah. It's the steepest hill I've ever seen. Oh, my I really goodness. want to sled down it. I what the, the heck? Snow and I want to I'm always it. thinking, like, you know, the Uruk had those big pikes, those big spears and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's like, how are they not just, like, spearing these dudes on horses like the hot dogs? Line, the sun, oh, the yeah, they're blinded. It yeah. Was, so they all had to do that. That's true. block from the sun. And I think you you even, like, subtly said it when that scene popped up when we were watching. You're like, wow. Good timing, Gandalf. <coughs> that yeah. made me think. He even says, a wizard is never late, nor is he early. He arrives precisely when he means to. Yeah, well, he says, like, look for my coming at first light on the fifth, fifth day, day, look to the east, whatever. The east. Okay. He's pretty confident in that, but what if he hadn't found Aomir? What if he'd taken a wrong turn? Yeah, <laughs> like, what, you going to show up by yourself, like Gandalf? A, and a wrongly timed bathroom break? And that could have been a different battle. You know, Helm's Deep could have been uh, a totally different story. <laughs> yes. The, like, well, they all died. Aemir just had to pee, you know. Um, and I really love the extended because this is not in the original. In the extended, they show them fleeing to Fangorn Forest and how the forest is closer to Helm's Deep all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. Which, when they're making it to Helm's Deep, you're like, you don't really notice there are no trees there. But mm. as they're fleeing the same way they came, there's this massive forest all yeah. of a sudden. That whole scene is not in the original tape. Yeah. And I loved how they're like they're fleeing through the trees and it's almost like they're like, Wait for it, wait for it. Now yeah. and you just hear Wah! Yep. It's, you it's see really the trees cool. kind of shuffling and moving around. And you hear, and you hear like, all the, oh god, everyone's yeah. dying. Somebody exactly. get help. It's very cool. Uh, it's really cool stuff. Um into the Sam the salmon Frodo stuff. I I love the Sam and Gollum dynamic, though. Like, you know, you talked about potatoes. Mm-hmm. There's that whole funny scene where, you know, he's cooking the rabbits that Gollum found, the conies. And he's like, you've ruined it, you know? And he's like, no, there's, this is how you should cook them. And he's like, <laughs> Stupid no. Stupid fat hobbit. No. Uh, and when he throws his tantrums. When Gollum throws his tantrums like it's the end of the world. It's like a six-year-old kid who got his toy taken away. Oh, yeah. Hilarious. And that just goes back to the whole Andy Serkis' physical comedy. Yeah. And that is... is his physicality in general is... Well, I mean, yeah. Uh, pretty spot on. 
he went on to play King Kong for Peter Jackson too in the like five hour King Kong movie. He was the. He did not make it. He, he didn't. He didn't make it. Uh, oh yeah, that's right. He was that guy too. The cook. Yeah, the cook. Something like that. Um, he's also in. He's in the Marvel universe. And he wasn't he bit. Planet of the Apes too. Didn't he do that? He did a character in Planet of the Apes. He's yeah. directing the new Venom coming mm-hmm. out. Uh, but he's in the Marvel universe. Well, yeah. Not anymore. Claw. Not anymore. But. Yeah. Uh, and I I love Faramir. I do. I don't. Me too. I think you don't. Because especially because none of that stuff is in the original cut with their father and Boromir flashbacks and stuff. Yeah, that when none of that they're is in they're the celebrating cut. Uh, Boromir retakes Osgiliath, so mm-hmm. Faramir's like in charge of Osgiliath, and that's like the little city on the river right between Mordor and Gondor. Mm-hmm. So it's probably you know contested a lot. Yeah, and he didn't have enough men. Boromir has to show up, and they retake the city. Boromir gets all the glory. Yeah. Not that Boromir like acts, you know, that way about It'd it. He's kind like, of like Cock County and Morristown <coughs> oh fighting over goodness. white pine. What a thing! <laughs> you know, wow. <laughs> like, well, you can't have white pine. You're like, no, we want white pine. Listen, you can't have it. Well, Newport, like Newport's that. definitely Mordor. Newport's definitely Mordor. <laughs> Hello, Cock County. <laughs> uh, so, if you're not local, you don't get yeah. it. But if you are, you totally get you it. You totally get it. <laughs> and I love Newport. I have family in Newport. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> um, uh, I love Farmer too. He's you know he's the forgotten son. He's a sympathetic character, and he's also he's he's there's a gentleness about about Faramir. He, um, he there's another scene. I think this is extended after he first shows up. He shoots one of the dudes on the on the olifant that falls down, mm-hmm. and he talks to him. He's like, you know, I, I wonder where he comes from and what his name was, and yeah. I wonder if what what lies. Pulled him away from his home to go to war, and I wonder if he wouldn't have just rather have stayed there. Yeah, you know, he doesn't look at him it as truly. It's not in the original, and that's like that's one of those moments where I'm like, why did they cut that? Oh, it's so good. He, it shows Faramir's character. Yeah, he says, "I wonder if he truly was evil at heart." Yeah, you know, he doesn't take life lightly. Like he mm-hmm. he understands the severity of of, of what's going well, on. And in flashbacks it really shows him <coughs> even more cuz Denethor their dad is such a jerk. No, oh, he's the to worst. Faramir. Boromir's, you know, the golden child, this mm-hmm. great, you know, amazing thing that he has created and Faramir's <coughs> the second born who lost Osgiliath. Uh, I know this is this really should be a return of the king thing, but I just want to point out, did you know that Faramir and Eowyn marry? Yeah, I, I know okay, that. Okay, cool. I know that. Um, and and I love the extended stuff, the flashbacks, because they even show Boromir, you know, washing up on the shore. Mm-hmm. And you really realize that Sean Bean filmed quite a bit more than we see in the first movie. Yeah. Uh, just And it makes you think, holy, what all goes into cutting these things. I can't um, imagine. It's going to be a strict job. Um and I think the Osgiliath storyline is great because it shows you that not just Rohan, but the entire world of men are just having a rough go at it right now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they're, they're failing pretty miserably all on the board. Um, but I enjoyed this stuff. Uh, I'll, it really shows the early tensions between Frodo and Sam starting to brew. Yeah. And that stuff builds up so well. When we get to Return of the King, there's a couple of moments that I remember like, you know, when Sam gets a hold of Gollum that first time, yes, I was like, yes, 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 yes. Um, 
Because they do such a good job of that. This whole oh. time, Sam's like, you know, Frodo, uh, this guy's this guy's guy no good. And Sam is the most loyal, um, most trustworthy person in Frodo's whole life, pretty much. And he doesn't listen. His gardener. But you know what? Everything worked out the way it was supposed to. But that, that that's that's for the next yes. discussion. Yes. Yes. So, any last thoughts here on um, the two towers? You know, kind of like the first installment, I think the hook at the end, you know, leaves you not just wanting more, but but at the same time fulfilled with that sure. story, that leg of the journey. And you're just like, okay, you know, this is a good place to take a break and get ready for Return of the King. You know, it is, you know, my mind has got a lot going on in it. Um, three different solid storylines have been told up to that end. And... uh you know, I just, I really, I think there's a lot of not just genius writing on Tolkien's part, but the way that Jackson did it, I think he did it perfectly. Mm-hmm. I don't know, you know, maybe the, maybe the Duffers, maybe the uh, Avengers Brothers. The Russo Brothers? The Russo Brothers. Maybe they're the only two groups in the modern era that I think could tackle Lord of the Rings well. Possibly. And that's because of their dedicated fandom. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Jackson was a Tolkienite, mm-hmm. and that's what helped him. Mm-hmm. Uh, what helps the Russos and everyone Marvel finds is they're nerds, mm-hmm. um, and I think you see that a true love of your source material. You know, yeah, and, and absolutely. That makes you when you love and appreciate it that much. What you produce shows it. Absolutely. <coughs> absolutely. Excuse me. Um, <coughs> so we got a few questions, not as many as we normally do. <coughs> And I thought we would uh, go ahead and get those taken out of the way. Let's do it. End end with the Q&A, as uh, most people do. Megan asks, Who is the better love interest for Aragorn? Arwen or Eowyn? Arwen. Why? Um, Is it Twoo love? uh, Yeah. Twoo love. They have history and... You know, Arwen's like a mythical, magical being, and Aragorn, in in, in a way, is as well. Yeah, he's the Dunedain. Um He's he's gonna age slowly too. So I don't know. I really don't know how to answer that. I think it just just is. Hmm. Aowen finds her her guy later. Yeah. So that works out. I would have liked <laughs> some post stuff. I'm sorry. I keep coughing. Guys. Faramir maybe leading. <coughs> Rohan. Yeah. You know, that'd be <coughs> cool. Um, Blake says, Tyler, do the voice. Who's Blake? I don't know, but he knows me. Might be Blake Evans, I don't know. Could be. Tyler Blake? Ah, <laughs> Tyler Blake. <coughs> Tyler, do the voice. And I, I'm guessing he's talking about the Gollum voice. So, I guess I'll do it. I don't know what to say. I don't like being put on the spot. No, I'll do it. <clears throat> Stupid fat herbities. You ruined it. Not bad. Man, man, man. I haven't done that in a long time. Darren asks, Faramir or Boromir? <gasps> Um, I think Boromir is a better uh, representation of man. 
Yes. Uh, there's more strengths s- and weaknesses. More symbolism with Boromir, I think, which I love. I always love good symbolism. Uh, but I think Faramir's probably a stronger character. I think there's more substance to Faramir. Yeah. Well, we get a lot more time yeah. with him, so. Um, Maya asks, favorite story out of the three that are bouncing around in Two Towers? Marion Pippin. Mm, I'm going to have to go with the trio, Aragorn and them. I love their stuff. The stuff in Rohan, the Battle of Helm's Deep. Mm-hmm. I love their stuff. Yeah. But neither one of us said Frodo and Sam. Yeah. It's like, that's like the main quest and like especially if you play games like Oblivion or Skyrim or these big RPGs that's the main quest but most people go off on the love to I'll get to the main quest later yeah you know I want to do all the side quests I want to get all the extra stuff I agree um Benjamin asks if Faramir had gone instead of Boromir to the council would he have survived and what impact would that make on Gondor keeping Boromir um so I felt like the automatic answer is, oh, things would have been totally different. Faramir uh, definitely would have uh, not been as... But, yeah, not not been as easily tempted as Boromir. But, you know, realistically, maybe not. Because Faramir was definitely wanting to gain the approval of his father. And he was ready to take Frodo to Denethor. He was ready to take him to him. But, you know, he learned about what happened to Boromir. Sam was the one who said, you know what? Uh, you know Boromir what died. Here, brother? He he swore to protect Frodo. He let the ring get a hold of him. And then he died. Um, so I think that caused Faramir to be a little shook. And then, like it said here, he was so impressed with the Hobbits. Um, their determination and their resiliency, I guess. Um, and he did the right thing. So I think Faramir then... I think it probably would have been the same. Okay. But Faramir now... I would have to agree, but part of me keeps wanting to say that if he were at that council, he wouldn't have automatically been like, oh, it's a gift, it's a gift. You know, let's use it, let's use it. I think he'd have been like, well, what does Gandalf well, want to do? Boromir had that vision. He had yeah. that dream yeah. uh, that told him about the ring or, or whatever and the, the growing tide of Mordor. Um, so Boromir was a little more desperate, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. It's a tough question. That's Who knows? That's a very tough question. I don't know. I don't like thinking that much. Uh, final question. Carla asks, this is for both of you, favorite quote from the second film? I, I love the potatoes thing. I love the whole uh, speech Sam gives in Osgiliath, like, you know, by rights we shouldn't be here, and um, there's good in this world, and it's worth fighting for. I love that stuff. Um, I would say that. I think Sam's stuff is probably my favorite. I'm going through the whole movie right now. <laughs> well, you definitely know the whole thing. Um, I really like, I mean, I really like the line, no parent should have to bear their own child, because there's, you know, there's so much truth to it, and, you know, in this day and age, there's so much of it that happens, especially, you know, being a school teacher, you know that with, you know, too much of that happens in the world. Yeah. Uh, but I wouldn't say it's my favorite. My favorite may possibly be, um, uh, we're here to honor that allegiance. I love that part. Yeah. Hi, uh, how dear? How dear? Um, the whole thing is, uh, 
There once was an alliance between men and elves, and we're here to honor that allegiance. Just, we're different. We've taken our different paths, but Elrond finally realized that we're all going to burn together if we don't help each other. Mm -hmm. You know, we can burn together, we're separate. Yeah. Um, that or he has my axe embedded in his nervous system. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's good too. That is right. good. Shall I describe it to you, or should I find you a box? <laughs> oh, good stuff. They have such great one-liners together, Legolas <clears throat> and Gimli. Um, but yeah, that's a heck of a breakdown on the two towers. Yeah, I agree, and uh, uh, and I enjoyed it. Me too, man. And I assume that you know, in a few weeks or so, we'll we'll get to the third installment mm -hmm. of this trilogy. I would say before the end of next month, definitely. And maybe next year or sometime, yeah, we'll do the, the Hobbit. Because you've not seen the third one at all, have you? Not seen the third one at all. I'm not seeing any extended. Well, of Hobbit. well, we got some we got some work to do, son. Oh man, I better pack a lunch. <laughs> you better. <laughs> So, hey, you know, don't forget, guys, Marble City Comic Con is coming up in November. Uh, I think it's the weekend of the 16th. Yes. Is that right? Yes, uh, very exciting. We will be there, and you should be there or be square. Because there will be some stars there that have some yet to be announced. Very interesting guest. Uh, We've got some inside information. One that I'm... we're nerds. One that I'm super-duper excited about, uh... And it'll all make sense when when it's announced. If everything works out, you're gonna be like, "Oh, no wonder." Uh. Uh, so that's all we can say. But uh, very exciting stuff. And if you want to see us like totally uh, nerd out and be completely starstruck, be there to see it. Maybe happen. even giddy. You might see us like, "Oh my goodness!" I can't even tell you. <laughs> um, but yes, Marvel City, exciting, very very exciting stuff. Also, we've got uh, contests going on, YouTube contests. It's, uh, we're kind of calling it the uh, YouTube subscription swag contest or yeah. whatever. You're going to get a shirt. You're going to get uh, two free tickets to Madagascar, Madagascar Jr. Thanks to Encore Theatrical Company. And you're going to get a $10 gift card to eat dinner at Akita Express. Mm. Uh, so a dinner and a show night. And you can wear your 30 and nerdy t-shirt. So yeah. don't know who sent you there. Our, uh, our YouTube was a little lonely. So it was. It was, but it's not as lonely anymore. It's better. Everybody wants to enter in a show, I guess. Yeah, so, well, wouldn't uh, you? Thank you for all those subscriptions. That will also end this Saturday. And also ending this Saturday is our um, our efforts to raise money and awareness for Donate Life Tennessee. Mm -hmm. We're selling those awesome shirts. Um, so please check that out, especially if you were uh, a fan of our, our episode about our friend Peyton. Uh, it was a very inspiring story, as you know. If you haven't heard it, go back and check it out. If you know Peyton, you gotta you gotta look into getting one of these shirts. Absolutely, um, it's a fantastic story, a fantastic tale of, of survival and and I guess just the human condition. You know what helps you survive, and what really stood out to me was you know him saying, you know, if I wasn't a nerd. I wouldn't have survived these yeah. 22 years. Yeah. Um, and not just nerd them, but everyone finds that thing that keeps them going. Yeah. Uh, you know, whether it's football or, you know, a sport or drawing or nerddoms or <laughs> theater. Everyone has that story. And Peyton's was just so inspiring that we could not 
not talk about it. Yeah. Um, so that is at, uh, and the link to it is pinned to our Facebook page, 30 and Nerdy Podcast. Uh, you can click on there and uh, you can definitely uh, find out how you can help. And if not, the website is companycasuals.com forward slash fight like a nerd. The shirts are 20 bucks. That's ending this Saturday. Mm-hmm. And you know what? If you don't want the shirt, but you'd still like to do a little something, you can definitely check out the Donate Life Tennessee website and um, donations are always graciously Absolutely. accepted. Absolutely. Well, there's a lot going on, and this has been a fun episode, my brother. Oh, of course. And uh, next week, again, we're going to be discussing and breaking down the Umbrella Academy. Yeah. So we're going to actually have to finish the show yeah. this week. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. one episode out of ten, so I, I got a lot of work I to do this I week. I just finished the one after Run Boy Run, so th- I'm on four. Well, you're about to start four. Way ahead of me. So, uh, people out there, if you haven't seen that show, uh, check it out so you can join in the discussion next week. And we're, of course, uh, hoping to get some questions. Yes. Ask any questions about the show. Oh, just about nerd stuff. Send in questions. We'll take yeah, it. Of course. Um, and again, thanks to our Patreon, our, our sponsors, our supporters, all that. There is no podcast without you nerds out there helping us out. And I guess with that, we can go ahead and snap the old fingers on this one so we will catch you nerds later you've been listening to the 30 and nerdy podcast with your hosts Tyler McDaniel and Josh Davis Brought to you by Encore Theatrical Company, Akiva Express, Creative Theater, and Advertising Expressions. Find us, follow us, and like us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Visit our website, 30andnerdypodcast.com. Got something to tell us? Drop us an email, 30andnerdypod at gmail.com. Until next time, cheers to you, nerds! <laughs> <laughs>